What's up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks. It is March Madness edition here this week, and you're listening to Club Red, where we discuss Texas Tech, and this episode we'll be discussing their uh, prospects for March, as we know the bracket, and this is the best time of year for uh, college basketball. So we are excited to dive into all of that. It's week 75 here, so buckle up. First, before we get into everything, make sure you are following us on all uh, social medias and, of course, Apple and Spotify. We would appreciate it if you give us those five-star ratings, and then if you listen to us on Apple, hit us with a review. Maybe this week, if you're listening and want to leave us a review, let us know who's winning the championship in your bracket. We greatly appreciate that. Also, follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Telgate underscore talks. You can follow our personal accounts, Dustin at Dustin Wimmer 22 and myself at Calvin B. Barrett. We are also on Instagram and Facebook where we do our live shows every week. You can also follow our YouTube channel. We got a YouTube video back up last week, so feel free to go check that out. Subscribe. Uh, to catch all the latest videos that we're posting there. And lastly, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. Let's get into this week's Club Red. All right, it is March Madness time here in Club Red. But first, we've got to break down the Big 12 tournament. Uh, and everything that happened this past week to set us up for March. And so let's run through that right quick, Dustin. Texas Tech ends the Big 12 championship run, falling to Kansas in the Big 12 championship game. Let's start off where that where the tournament started off, and that was a uh, the destruction of Iowa State, 72-41 to 41 in the first game. Got our confidence up. What was your thoughts on that just dominating victory to start off the tournament? Probably one of our better games and wins of the season. So coming off our last terrible two weeks to come out that strong and really just smother them and smash them in that first game was amazing. 41 points. I think that's the second time. I guess we had 42 against Oklahoma. So another dominant victory there. And then obviously squeak it out against Oklahoma. But yeah, Iowa State amazing game to get us going in the postseason. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add to it. I mean, uh, other than it was just nice to enjoy a tournament game that wasn't really close at all. It was so relaxing. It was. That's exactly right. And it was domination pretty much from the get-go. So always enjoy those when you get a chance to just enjoy a tournament game. They don't happen all that often. And that transitions us into the next game, which was the opposite of that because we had a decent – double-digit lead you did that thing where you go nine minutes without scoring Oklahoma gets back into the game actually takes the lead a couple times but ultimately you're able to pull it off get the win 56 to 55 over Oklahoma Dustin this one like we said completely opposite (laughs) what were you thinking after we got this win against you know we thought we were going to be playing Baylor here but Oklahoma shows up and now it's like hey we have to win this we got to get to the championship game yeah, that was more like our last two weeks of basketball and let a team creep back in and make a game out of it when it shouldn't have been. We should have handled them from the first 10 minutes like it was looking. And I was very nervous going into that last 
10 seconds with free throws and an offensive rebound at half court, but got a full head of steam at the basket. And luckily we got out of there with, with no further damage and we win by one. Yeah. That last play was uh, a heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah. Like you, you got the missed free throw, the ball gets bounced out and, you know, all he the way made past a, half court. All the way past, and he makes a great decision. I think normally Agreed. college players pull it from three there um, when there's plenty of time on the clock, and then he goes to the basket, and you just have one of the best defensive yeah. players in all of college basketball there to make the play. But ultimately for me, you know, what gets to be the, the end-all, be-all of this game is that it's kind of what kept Oklahoma out of the NCAA tournament. If they get that win, they're in, but – they failed to get that win, and they are on the outside looking in. So that's kind of the lasting memory of this game, I think, for especially for Oklahoma fans like your guy, uh, the salty OU guy. <laughs> John. Yeah, I thought John. they got gypped a little bit, but had some good wins down the stretch, but wasn't enough full season to, you know, make it in. They're, they won their first NIT game tonight as we're, as we're speaking. So Good job. Good job, Oklahoma. Way to go in the NIT. Uh, don't really care about them all that much. So kind of for me, it was just a good little chuckle that they didn't make it in. Um, they're already in the SEC in my mind. But the mm. ultimate game of the weekend, one that saw Texas Tech playing for a Big 12 championship on Saturday. It's the only second time that we played for the in the title game. Ultimately, what didn't have enough. Kansas and the refs pulled away late in that one to take the 74-65 win. Kansas wins the Big 12 championship in their own backyard. Dustin, we were we got to watch this one together at Little Woodrose, and we were pretty heated on this one. Yeah. Now that you've had some time to kind of reflect, had a couple days for this to pass, what are your thoughts from that Kansas game and from what felt like a home cooking uh in Lawrence's backyard, basically. Yeah, luckily the the big bracket came out the day after, so I haven't, you know, reminisced on that game necessarily. I kind of just put it past me. Yeah, it was the ref show, and I said it either last week or week before. If that's not my lane, that's yours. But I'm tagging along for that ride that the refs were very inconsistent. At, yes. to say the least it's putting it very um, nicely Dustin with 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 calling it one way and not on the other side for us um it was pretty disappointing that it felt like we were never gonna have a chance to win is a good way to put it I think yeah I agree with you there it was really hard it was really hard to overcome that and I thought you played a pretty good first half you were in it there for the most part of the second half, but ultimately, you know, every time McCormick was shooting, they were putting him on the free throw line. Yep. When the free throw discrepancy is 34 to 13, something's a little bit off. Uh, we were definitely getting looks inside the paint. It's not like we were just settling and not being aggressive. No. And so yeah. that was really tough to take it is same, same shots that they were taking. You weren't getting any calls on. Right. So ultimately, it was just an uphill battle. And sure, you didn't shoot good free throws, but you only had 13 attempts. And if you had 34 attempts, maybe those numbers look a lot better. But, yeah, it, it was frustrating. I thought you played good enough to win. You shot better three-point percentage than them, shot better field goal percentage than yeah. them. So to have all that happen and lose uh, what was pretty tough. What do you think about the Big 12 tournament being in Kansas City every year? There's been a lot of discussion on Twitter. It. 
that it needs to rotate more. Um, Yeah, I think we're in that camp, right? (laughs) I think – and with how the Big 12 is set up right now, I mean, this should have happened years ago. You have a natural rotation of, like, Dallas, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, back and forth. Like, why is it in the furthest place away from most of the teams in the Big 12? Like, I think it's pretty stupid. (laughs) And I've I've thought that for years, not just now because we lost this game. But it's only – Kansas and Iowa State people that ever go to this game. If you make it in Dallas, even Oklahoma City, you have way more fan bases that are willing to travel or already in those cities to be there and watch those games and teams they don't usually get to see. So it's just, obviously, NCAA likes money. Big 12 likes money. It's a money-making opportunity and more fair. Like I know they don't care about that, but it just is, like, flat out. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said there. It it needs to rotate more, get more fans of an opportunity. I've never really cared to go to the Big 12 tournament, but if it's in Dallas every now and then, and Tech's having a great year, uh, I would probably be more inclined to stop by, make a visit, check it out, see what's all going on there, enjoy a couple games. But it's always in Kansas City, nine hours away, not really, don't really care enough to make that trip. But ultimately, to kind of wrap up this game, I think going into it, you and me both had that same mentality of you don't necessarily need to win it. It would be nice to win the championship, but ultimately we thought we probably had that three seed locked in and no matter what the outcome was, you're probably still going to be there. So the win or loss didn't really affect where you ended up in the tournament. The main thing about this tournament was beating Iowa State, getting that win to lock up the three seed, and you were able to do that. And on Sunday during selection show, Texas Tech was named a three seed in the West region, facing off with Montana State on Friday. So kind of what you were expecting there, Dustin, what were your thoughts when Texas Tech's name came across the board pretty early in the selection show process? Because this was the very first region that they announced. Yeah, that part was disappointing because it's fun to watch and, you know, be invested in the whole thing. And when you're the first one out in five or ten minutes, it's like, oh, well, I'll just look at the rest of the bracket later. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i not surprised. It was very expected to be the three seed. Like you said, I think we had it locked up after our Iowa State win with everything else that happened around the country. I don't think there was much more wiggle room if you didn't win. Maybe you get a two seed, maybe not, but I'm very satisfied with what we got out of this. The region itself, I think, is pretty hard. If you're just looking at it and looking at names, you're like kind of blown back. A lot of big names in this region with Gonzaga and Memphis, Yukon, Arkansas, Alabama, Tech, Michigan State, Duke. Like, holy crap. <laughs> a lot of those teams frequent the Final Four. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what my initial reaction was, too, when I saw this draw. I was like, damn, that's a lot of pretty solid teams in our region. It looks like it's going to be tough, but kind of on to our next point, after I've looked at it over and over again, kind of evaluated some of the teams a little bit closer, I feel like we got a pretty good draw region-wise. Now, looking at some of the other three seeds, like Tennessee – and looking at Wisconsin, those three seeds, I kind of would have preferred to be in their regions. But ultimately, I think we got the lesser of the two seeds in Duke in our region. I think they. And that was my big point to yeah. you the other day was 
quit. Everybody needs tech fans, especially quit worrying about which one seed we match up with. We'll get there if we get there. We got to play the two seed first, and your two seeds are Kentucky, Villanova, Auburn, and Duke. So take your pick there before you worry about a one seed. And honestly, it's if it's if it's not Auburn or Duke, I don't want to be in the other two regions. Yeah, and I think the only other thing I was really looking at was that possible second round matchup with Alabama. That's a team that's kind of a, a hit or miss. And yeah. so um, we'll get into that team a little bit later. But uh, the team that you drew for the first game, none of it matters unless you win that first game is Montana right. State. So uh, 14 seed uh, champions of the big sky. Dustin, what were your uh, have you done any digging into Montana State? What are you looking for in this first uh, matchup? Yeah, zero into Montana State. I got us winning by a million. <laughs> uh, I'm actually trying to look up. Okay, here is 14 versus three seed is 22 and 122 all time. So the odds are very much in your favor. But, hey, fun fact. Last season, Abilene Christian was a 14 seed and beat a three seed in. Texas. Yeah, that's the I looked that up too. Is eighty four percent chance uh, of winning this game. Uh, you have been a three seed three times now in the tournament. Every year you've been a three seed, you have done pretty well in this tournament with runs to the Elite Eight and the uh, and of course the national right. championship previously. Uh, so three spot has been kind to you. A little background here's, on here's basically why I didn't look them up. To be honest, I mean, no disrespect to them. Yeah, we got a show up and play them but with how our defense plays i'm not as worried about a yeah mid or low major type team like this trying to match up against us you know there's no ocha habaji or <laughs> anybody else like offensively we face in the big 12 um, there's not a couple of those baylor kids that are super athletic like I'm not as worried, or they don't have the depth to figure it out either. So that's why my worry is very low. Yeah, my worry is pretty low on this too. I almost just look at it as like Alabama or Rutgers or Notre Dame's up next. But, you know, you still can't take nope. them lightly. They're 27-7 regular season, 16-4 and in conference play. They do rank top 50 nationally in effective field goal percentage. They rank top 40 in shooting the three ball. Uh, so, you know, the three ball is one of the things that we're kind of susceptible to. Sure. And if you're hitting threes, that's a good way to hang around with us. Uh, they have some veterans on the team that that's also another thing you look for. And, and usually teams like this, that's, that's how they make the tournament, right? Is you have a lot of seniors, they have a super senior point guard and Xavier Bishop who, uh, averages about 13, 14 yeah. points per game. They have the Big Sky Player of the Year in Jabril Bello, who averages about 13 points a game, was also there to, the Defensive Player of the Year in the conference. And so those are the two guys who really lead this team. But it looks like they got another bunch of shooters. They got a couple white dudes on the team who are three-point specialists. So, you know, you got, can't lose them. Uh, when they're out there on the court, they got a bunch of other guys. Seems like they're kind of versatile uh, guys who can shoot the three or get to the basket. So that's kind of what they're going to do to you offensively. Now, defensively, I don't think they're anything that scares you at all. So this is a team that should get your confidence going offensively. And that'll be nice to play. Yeah. I think that's always the best part of 
getting out of the tournament and into or at, out of the Big 12 and into the tournament is, oh, we're not playing a top 20 defense like we do every week here. Yeah, it's always nice. And, and you don't have Big 12 officials anymore, so that's always nice too. You're usually allowed to play a little bit more physical in and the tournament. Just, yes, in general, officials are more lenient on the whistle both ways. So ultimately – like the odds are definitely in your favor on this one. You're a 15 point favorite. Here's some kind of notable things uh, about Montana state is they really haven't played anybody. They've only played one team that's actually in the tournament and that is South Dakota state. And they lost by 17 to them. They uh, had a close loss to Colorado. Those are like the two best teams that they played. Other than that, like opponents, we both played incarnate word. We both beat them about the same. And then uh, we played Eastern Washington beat the shit out of Eastern Washington and Montana state lost one of their two games to Eastern Washington. So those are kind of some comparable opponents that we've played. But other than that, like you said, not a team that really scares you a team that might make you work a little bit defensively, but they haven't seen anything like you and like your size so far this year. So that should give you the confidence on that end. And then hopefully you're just able to, kind of get some things going, get multiple guys going on the offensive end and coast to a victory. Uh, do you got anything else to add on the Montana State game? Nope. I hope they're around for one game and go back to Montana. Yeah, go back to Montana. Apparently they hate being called Montana. They You have to call them Montana State. So people on Twitter have been, just been calling them Montana just to piss off their like, five or like ten fans. Oh, we wouldn't get involved with any other school, would we? On Twitter. Nah, never, never. <laughs> it's never happened once in Texas. Don't give us fuel. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, we don't need bulletin board material here. We got a bunch of people on Twitter who always are looking for the littlest yeah. slight. <laughs> so, um, but that's all the information I've got on Montana State. Let's kind of look yeah. at the rest of the, the other parts of our bracket here. Uh, our, our following opponent, uh, if we beat when we beat Montana state, Alabama Rutgers or Notre Dame, you got three different teams there that you could play. Of course, Rutgers and Notre Dame play each other to get into the tournament in the playing game on Wednesday night. So knowing who they face, we still have to wait a little bit longer for that, but ultimately Alabama Dustin is a team that kind of makes me nervous here. Oh yeah. uh, As a team to face in the second round, what are you thinking about that possibility right now? Yeah, I think they should get to us that second round. And then, yeah, it's going to be a pretty good kind of offensive versus defensive coaching and player-type matchup because they average 80 points a game. It's probably one of the highest we've faced all year. I mean, they were a really good team and a lot of good talent. SEC was pretty good this year, and that's the reason why they went 9-9. Nine and nine. So, like – just looking at them, like, stat-wise, you might look past them. No, no, no. If you follow it, you know they recruit pretty well. They have a really good head coach that rallies the troops really well. And they've been decently hot lately, you know, with some good upsets. Yeah, I mean, on the hot thing, they lost three of their last four to end the season. So not necessarily super like hot right now. <laughs> but uh, – yeah, they're a team that scares me because they have like that perfect kind of offensive recipe that can beat you if they have a hot night. Like you can be going home pretty quickly. And so they're kind of feast or famine from three. 
Yeah. And and so they they do rely heavily on it, but they don't shoot it well either, which is the funny thing. They shoot it about 30%. So they just hoist up they a lot of threes. Lot. And well, that's, then we need to rebound because we have yeah. teams that love to do this against us. But they are a team that can turn around. Like they beat Gonzaga. They beat Baylor. They, they beat Baylor. They beat Tennessee. They, you know, they've beaten some pretty damn good teams Arkansas. throughout this year. Uh, they've lost to some not so great teams this year, you know. And so they're a team that can either beat the best team in the country in Gonzaga or they can lose to some pretty right. weak teams. So that's just a kind of variety of performances that they're going to give. And you never know when they step in the gym if they're going to have one of the performances that where they knock off Gonzaga or one of the ones where they lose to Iona or lose to Missouri, who's not good in the SEC. You know, so, also looking at their schedule, they give up a lot of points too. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, they're scoring – mostly in the 80s and 90s, but they're giving up plenty of 70s and 80s and 90s themselves. I mean, they lost to Auburn 181 at one point this year. Yeah, so kind of looking at the greater part of our West region here yeah. and, and, and trying to make a tournament run on kind of talking about that, this isn't very, a very defensive-heavy region. True. And so what do you think we've got to do to make a run in this tournament? Yeah, maybe that helps us is be in the – team that not everybody is planning for because they're like, oh, offensive team, offensive team. We can guard these teams the same. Yeah, but then you run into us and it's a freaking muddy water of a buzzsaw in the lane playing us. Like, you can't score getting to 60s a miracle almost. (laughs) And so maybe that's just what we need is some of these teams that love the offense to just not be hot. And we've seen that plenty in the tournament because – a lot of times these schools, whether they're big or small, playing in different gyms and bigger gyms and facilities affects a lot of the shooters way more than anybody else. And so if we can run into that and Alabama can't see the basket very well, that would be great. And honestly, that's the whole way through. Because honestly, you get to the end and Gonzaga's there, their best offensive team in the country probably. Hopefully they just miss the basket a lot and – I know that's we do that a lot on defense anyways. Uh, it's like how we won the Tennessee game. They had a lot of decent shots, and we let them miss. Same with Texas. Like It's kind of what we do. So like part of that is in our strategy while making it tough on you. So we need these offensive teams to just not be hitting. Yeah, I think we have the most consistent thing For in sure. this bracket, in this tournament with our defense. You know what you're getting every game. It's very hard to prepare for that size that we bring, uh, the way that we play defense. It's especially hard when you have, like, one day notice. Like, if we play Alabama, they're only going to have, you know, a day to try to get ready for that. And so I I think that gives us a real good advantage in this bracket. And then just kind of hitting on it again, knowing that we don't have a lot of defensive-minded teams really, really does give me confidence here because you look at most of the teams gonzaga super offensive duke offensive alabama offense um arkansas offense like the top teams in this bracket are all offense and so you have a decent offense now we have some spurts where we struggle but you have a lot of guys who can score and when you have tj playing like he's playing right now you have bryson williams you have mccullough healthy you're gonna have a lot of options and so you're not playing these big 12 defenses i think that's your key is you're not playing anybody who really 
is going to threaten to stop you. So as long right. as your offense is going, uh, your defense will, you know, keep you around and, and hopefully give you pretty good advantage in these first couple of games that we got here. And then hopefully on a long run that we make, let's get into kind of what we think our best case, worst case scenarios is. So we did this kind of during the football season, our realistic best case, worst case scenarios. We know best case scenario, win the title. <laughs> worst case scenario, lose the Montana state, but let's, let's kind of be more realistic. Yeah, about it in a little bit. Tone it in Dustin. Let's start off with the worst case scenario in your idea. What's the worst case scenario for Texas tech in this NCAA tournament? Um, I know we just said we're not going to do it, but honestly, just losing first round because I think making it to the second round should be expected for this team and this program, like where we've been for the last six or so years. Like we should be a 32 team pretty solidly. And so I wouldn't be disappointed if we lost that far, like all the seasons of failure type thing, which I think is what we're kind of looking at. So if we can get out of the first round, Great. I'm not disappointed in as far as we get after that. Does that make sense? Why well, I'm taking yeah. an easy cop out there. I know you, you don't want me to. No, you're all right. I, I mean, I just kind of looking at this as we, we win this game. I, I, I think, I mean, obviously, yeah, it would be devastating if you're not able to get out of the first round. I think this team is second weekend good. I do too. And so I really think the worst case scenario would be. Don't win in the second game would be catching an Alabama team that's like instead of shooting 30% from three shoots sure. 60% and just lights you up and, and you leave the tournament early. I think that's kind of where my head's at on worst case scenario would be, would be that happening. And just one of those games where there's nothing you can do. They're just everything they're hoisting goes in. And so I think ultimately for me, that would be the worst case scenario. Cause I just, I just don't see us losing in the first round. I, I don't see it. Um, but obviously that would be absolutely devastating if it did happen with the right. confidence that we have. I think it's, if it's how we would lose to Alabama, that yeah. would, I guess, yeah, they shoot the lights out and we we're not even close the whole game and lose by 15 plus. Yeah. yeah. Then I feel like you you're talking. Get on to the good side of it. Dustin, what's your realistic best case scenario for tech in this tournament? I really think we can make the elite eight give another rematch to Gonzaga and you know, that wins three games to get to the day. I think that's very possible. Very possible. I think you're right, but I'm going to take it a little further here. My best ultimate best case scenario, go round by round here, dominate Montana state. Alabama gets upset by Rutgers or Notre Dame, oh, giving you, okay. giving you the better matchup there. You're, you, take whoever that is walk into the sweet 16 where you get to end coach K's career in the I sweet so. 16 knocking off Duke. And then you get a little help from the, the top of the bracket. Somebody upsets Gonzaga, Memphis, Arkansas, Yukon, Vermont, you know, one of those teams that are, that's up there. You get a little help from the bracket unlike you know, every time you've played in the tournament, it feels like only the top seeds win. Get a little help there. Help your matchup up for the Elite Eight, and there you go. Got yourself a, a shot at making it to the Final Four. I think it's very possible, even if it was Gonzaga, to be there. Like like you said, once you get to the Elite Eight, you just kind of toss the ball up and yeah, and and hope for the best. You know, making it to the Elite Eight is uh, incredible, 
And so there's nothing to hang your hat at that there. But if you're able to get some help from the bracket, uh, get Gonzaga to get knocked out, I, I think that's highly unlikely. But that would be ultimately my best case, case scenario for this team is set yourself up for a much easier Elite Eight matchup and maybe you're going to New Orleans then. I, d- I do agree with you. I, the best <clears> – <throat> The most likely way Tech can make it to the Final Four is if Gonzaga gets tripped up before you meet them. Because, like, we know they're so good. They have two guys on the uh, second team this year that are ridiculously hard matchups. We've played them this year. It's They're they're a head case because of how good offensively they are. And so, yeah, if they can get tripped up by somebody before us, please be our guest. Yeah, I think that's kind of what you got to hope for. And, I mean, if you have to play them again, I think it's good that we already played them. And knowing you didn't play your best game and knowing that they shot the ball lights out, I still feel pretty good going into that matchup knowing, hey, they had to shoot their <laughs> shoot their best three-point percentage that they probably shot all year yeah. to beat us that game. And, you know, we didn't have TJ healthy, and we were still kind of figuring out ourselves as a team at that point. So, um Let's get to our predictions, man. So I know you said your best case scenario there, that Elite Eight. Is that your prediction for Tech and their run in this tournament? Yeah, I sure do. I have Tech playing Duke ending Coach K's, you know, final game for him. Must be in Alabama on the way there and then losing to Gonzaga. I got UConn playing the Zags in the Sweet 16 over Arkansas on the top side of that bracket, but – I don't see many upsets. I do have my upset of this bracket is Davidson over Michigan State first round. Okay. I, like you, I also have Texas Tech's run ending in the Elite Eight to Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga over UConn Tech ending Coach K's career. But I do have my upset as a a team that you are familiar with, Dustin, and that's Vermont. I've got them over Arkansas. And uh, also, hopefully, I've got Rutgers or Notre Dame over Alabama. Once we know who won that, wins that game, I might go back and readjust that. But I think Vermont has a pretty good shot here. I've looked at a lot of numbers, and they're, they're kind of one of the teams that at that 13 seed that looks pretty good. Yeah, they're just not good once they get to the tournament. Like, they always look good coming out of the – like their conference there, which they usually get to play. Yeah. Conference championship in the home gym. Uh, but once they actually meet up, they're really good. And Arkansas in first rounds actually pretty good when they're ranked in the top five, I believe is what it was. I think they're six and one when ranked in the top five and they're a four seed. So the numbers don't match up for UVM. Yeah, the numbers, but you're looking at past numbers there. And it all, <laughs> what matters right now, Dustin, is who's on the floor, not the past teams. I know. A lot of I know. stuff I've seen. Vermont kind of holds up. Arkansas is only like a, a couple point favorite in this game. There's kind of some bizarre four seeds in that, and we'll get to that in the tailgate. But yeah, that's kind of just wishful thinking. I like picking an upset, you know, just about one or t- like one upset per region. And that's kind of my upset for our region. Of course, it'll probably all go chalk because that's usually what happens yeah. when tech is successful. It'll be one. We'll play the six seed, the two seed, and the one seed. <laughs> Which is what I have us doing, and you do too. Yeah. So, not bad picks <laughs> for that. But, 
Well, that's that's kind of all we got for you guys this week in the tournament. We are looking forward to it. We tip off at 1245 on Friday or is it 1145? It's early game on, on Friday. So, you know, we get to start it right away. Take your, you know, an extra long lunch. Take the rest of the day off. You know, yeah, it is 1245 is an early game. Uh, so luckily, we'll, you know, we don't have to be stressed out for the whole entire day waiting for the game. Kind of get a wake up. Go to work. If you're going to go to work, Dustin's on spring break. So luckily he'll. Yeah, basically um, hop up out of bed, turn the swag on, turn the game on. Turn that swag on, turn the game on. Hopefully if you're traveling out to San Diego for the tournament, you have a hell of a time out there. Bring that swag surfing energy for our guys. We know they're going to need it, but ultimately just enjoy it. You know, from for several years we didn't have tournaments <laughs> to look forward to yeah. the Even last tournament. year was not like a real tournament yeah we just haven't had oh. them as much at tech so Speaking every time that, we're there, i wanted to mention about our team before we're done like yeah. this is a huge opportunity for most of our team that's never played in the tournament pretty much most of our big contributors now that we're not back yeah and i include silva in that because last year's tournament was not full on tournament like you have five guys off the top of my head that are huge contributors. This is their first opportunity. Silva, Davion, Bryson, Arms, Malik, Bacho. I guess he didn't get to play last year at all. So a lot of new uh, faces for us in the tournament. And I yeah. hope I don't think so because we're so mature in our in our age and experience that it's not too big of a stage for them. I think they're past that. Yeah, it's a great point because also think about McCuller and TJ. Their their first tournament experience playing was last year in Indianapolis. And so sure, sure that is like kind of a, the tournament, but it's not the same as traveling all over the country, right. all the fans from all the different teams. If you're the favorite in this location, like guess who's – everybody's there rooting for Montana State to upset yeah. us. So mm-hmm. it's kind of – a little bit of a road game atmosphere too, because, you know, I remember being in Dallas going to some of those other games yeah. and everybody's rooting for the underdog just because it's more fun. Loyola, so, Chicago. Yeah. So it's, it's a different experience when you have the full fan atmosphere there and everything like that. So they're definitely, this is a new experience for pretty much all of them. And, but luckily we do have a lot of senior leadership. We have a lot of guys who are pretty even kill. Um, you do have guys who have been in the tournament, that have made runs Kevin O'Banner last year. I mean, Adonis was on the Winthrop team that was supposed to be, you know, an upset kind of team didn't pull it off, but you do have guys who have gotten some minutes. So you expect them to kind of keep the team even killed, especially for those new guys. Cause think about it is that. Something. he's yeah. more of a contributor for us this year than he was for Winthrop last year. It's crazy. He was coming <laughs> off the bench at Winthrop. What a guy. <laughs> uh. So, oh, yeah, yeah it, you know, I was glad that you brought that up. It, it is it is really cool for these players, especially like Bryson kind of comes to the full front to me. Guy who's never played in the tournament before, um, just been really good, just hadn't been on a team, and that's been successful. So for him to get this opportunity, you really hope they make the most of it. For sure. But that's all we got for you guys for basketball this week in Club Red. Let's take it over to the diamond and catch up on what's going on with the baseball team. All right. Texas Tech baseball is currently playing right now against New Mexico. Dustin, do you have a score score? update? I have not checked that score. 
Well, 30 minutes ago, it was 16 to 0. Holy shit. <laughs> and it was only the second inning. <laughs> Ew, holy shit. Wait, seriously? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. It just came oh my across. God. I pulled up Twitter to see if, you know, any new <laughs> NFL stuff happened, and it's baseball. Ty Coleman hitting another home run, and it's a 16 to 0 in the second. So hopefully, we save some of those runs for tomorrow. Roger just said 19 to nothing in the oh, fifth. Oh, God. I, I knew New Mexico wasn't like as good this year because I saw some of the lines and it was like we were a 12 and a half point favorite. I was like, damn, that's pretty big baseball favorite. But yeah, so okay, cool. Good for them. Awesome. Flashing back to the previous week, last time we were talking to you guys, they were in the middle of a series with Mississippi State. They were getting their ass handed to them on Tuesday night by Mississippi State. But luckily, we were able to bounce back, split the series, yep. win the Wednesday game. Um, and then we go into the weekend and sweep Rice in Houston and have some pretty nice performances there. Parker Kelly had six straight games with a home run uh, at one point, just absolutely crushing it. Uh, one of the most random power uh, strokes all of a sudden out of anybody that I can remember. <laughs> and so that was nice. Um, player recognition, Brandon Birdsell, he had oh, yeah. a, no, a six-inning no-hit game in uh on his performance in rice that got him some recognition so shout out to him for that nice weekend keeping the wins coming in dustin what have we got to look forward to uh, this week well hopefully this game right now against new mexico ends soon because we play them again at one o'clock on wednesday afternoon so a quick turnaround into that game should be a two-game sweep there and then a three-game series at Iowa playing some Big Ten baseball up there. So that is a wrap for us this week. Club Red is closed. You got to get out of here. But before you do, follow us on Apple and Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings. Follow us on social media. Keep up with us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks to catch what our thoughts are on the games coming up this weekend. So feel free to Check out that Twitter page. Me and Dustin will have those tweets going off left and right, I'm sure, as March Madness begins. But we will catch you guys next week in the club. Peace.